Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, Monday edition. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin. You know, there were days I got behind this microphone when I was hired at 101 ESPN and I wondered, would we have baseball? I sat there and I said, can we just get to baseball? Can we get there? And now here we are on a Monday and coming up on Friday, we have opening day of baseball. Now think about that opening night of baseball. Scott, we've got opening night. Can you believe it? We're going to get there. Oh my gosh. We're going to get there. It's opening week, baby. Can we just make it a week thing? (laughs) We got opening week of baseball. We're going to get there. BT, Brad Thompson of the Fast Lane, my broadcast partner on Fox Sports Midwest, will be my guest. We will have, by the way, if you didn't know, an exhibition game against the Kansas City Royals. That'll be uh, our first telecast of the season. That'll be Wednesday. That'll be on Fox Sports Midwest on Wednesday. So that'll be our dry run, if you will. Yeah, we'll be socially distanced. Uh, No surprise there with Brad. I'll probably be like that anyway if it was a regular season game. Um, So we'll try to get on the air with Brad on Wednesday and then uh, fired up for real on Friday night. Jack Flaherty will get that start. We were on Cardinals.com yesterday. I was flying solo and uh, Jack Flaherty made his final tune-up before Friday night. We know he's the opening day starter. So I'm going to give you some of the takeaways of what I've seen in this opening monologue And the first one, hey, I did a game on Friday, did the game yesterday on Friday. I loved what I saw here. And there's a high fly ball out to deep right field. It's at the wall. Goodbye. Two-run homer, Matt Carpenter. Carpenter with a two-run shot off of Michaelis. And the home team goes on top with Carpenter's blast. Tell you what, this guy looks locked in. And while the offense hasn't been great so far, I do think the hitters are trying to catch up with the pitchers. This guy does seem to be locked in. Got back after it again yesterday. And Carpenter hits a high fly ball. Williams back. He's at the wall. It's gone. Carpenter, his second home run in this summer camp. A long one into the Cardinal bullpen, and it's one to nothing. For the home Redbirds. He's hitting him. This is a great sign to see that Carpenter is driving the baseball, and he's starting to drive it everywhere. And that was on a 3-2 pitch, sitting back and let it rip. He's hitting him everywhere. Gap to gap, bullpen, everywhere. Love it. Love it. That is a key for the Cardinals. It's huge. Manager Mike Schilt on Carpenter. Matt Carpenter's got his identity back. You know, we've gone through that process, and it might be worth doing it again in a somewhat brief manner. But, you know, Carp has had the ability to morph his game. And as you morph, sometimes, you you know, the league adjusts back to you. And, you know, he came up as a more of a super high on base guy and, you know, looked to drive the ball the other way and, and get on base. And that's what created his value to to the organization and for him. And then he realized, you know what, I'm kind of got my feet under me a little bit. I can look to maybe drop the ball a little bit more and start hitting some doubles and, you know, hit a lot of doubles and was very impactful in that role. And then, okay, well, I'm doing that. And the game's going to, you know, big time slugging percentage and I'm capable of hitting some doubles. Maybe I can, you know, get the head out a little bit more and try to hit some home runs, which 
he did and ended up ninth in MVP voting. And to your point about, you know, he kind of carried us there, um, you know, towards the end of, end of 18. Um, but then he kind of looked up and lost maybe his identity of who he was. And and um, now he's back. Just, the good news is he has all those things in his in his toolbox, as Mr. Kissel would say. And, and um, But now he understands what that approach, what that looks like. And really all he's trying to do, he knows he can go deep. He knows he can stay on the ball. And now he's just putting his complete game together. And, and you're seeing the true identity of Matt Carpenter. Yeah, we are. And, you know, to his credit, spent the offseason kind of revamping his swing to Mike's point, gap to gap. If he gets a pitch to drive, he's doing it, puts it over the wall. We saw him hit the other way, hitting for power. He's doing that. And now the Cardinals have a handful of days to figure out what this roster may look like. Now, yesterday, Lane Thomas, couple of hits, finally starting to get things going. It looks like the lineup will have in left field, Tyler O'Neill. He'll get the first crack at it. Bader in center. You got Fowler in right field. I would say Carpenter's the DH. Tommy Edmond at third base. You got DeYoung at short. You got Colton Wong at second base. And I got to tell you, Colton Wong defensively, in these games, he has been awesome. Goldschmidt, he's at first base. You got Yachty, who is in incredible shape. And wait until you see him. If you haven't seen these games yet, he looks incredible. I mean, at the age of 38, the best shape I've ever seen him in. The best. And I'm not kidding. I thought he was in good shape in spring training. The guy looks incredible. Um, the rotation, this is interesting. Still not decided yet. Now, the Cardinals did get Reyes back. They got Gallegos back. They got Cabrera back over the weekend. The question is, do they get him back by Friday? And that's a big question mark. So you wonder about Carlos Martinez. Is he in the rotation? You know, Flaherty goes on opening night. You got Wainwright. You got Michaelis. You got Kim. You got Hudson. The guy I love, and I mean I love him, He's looked so good, and he looked great again yesterday was Austin Gomber. I mean, he went boom, 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 one, two, three. Every time I've seen him, looks great. Want to get your thoughts on rotation? Want to get your thoughts on lineup? Some uh, tinkering maybe with the lineup with Carpenter, if he's going to be this kind of hitter. Where do you put him in the lineup? Would he be in your two spot? Do you put him at five behind Paul DeYoung? Air Comfort Service text line 65780, 65780. Another guy that maybe makes the decision a little bit tougher for Mike Schilt is Austin Dean. He's had a very good summer camp. Dean's done a nice job. He's just, he really has. Um, you know, we've talked about rightfully O'Neill and Thomas and Bader and, of course, Carlson. But, uh, you know, Deaner's done a nice job. He's taken some good at bats. He's played solid defense. So, you know, he's put himself in a position to, you know, be in the conversation for sure. Um, but it is, a, it is a crowd. <laughs> it is a crowd. So the way that this works out, if you don't know. So starting Friday night, you've got a 30-man roster. 30 for two weeks. The Cardinals could elect to say, let's keep 16, maybe even 17 pitchers depending on how they want to do this. That's a lot of pitchers. And then after two weeks, you go down to 28. And you can have 28. And then after 28, you go down to 26. And that's what you have for the rest of the way. You also have a taxi squad. And that's three guys. 
And then you have your, if you want to call it a satellite camp down in Springfield. That'll be run by Jose Okendo. So there's some tough decisions coming up. And I wonder, you know, with this pitching and trying to get back the three guys I mentioned before, Gallegos, Reyes, Cabrera, can he ease those guys back in with the amount of pitching that you have? Now, there's some pressure on Mike Schilt, too. Remember, in a 60-game season, every win counts essentially as three wins. So if Jack Flaherty goes out on, let's say, Friday night, isn't pitching that well for the first two or three innings, do you pull him right away? You know, you've got 16 or 17 pitchers. So you say, well, yank him. Go with somebody right away. Why not? You're protected. Might as well do it. Might as well do it. 314, how is Wong looking offensively? Well, I think he looks okay. You know, I'm not going based on numbers. I don't have the numbers in front of me because I've been keeping the numbers. I just go with what I see. Um, I think he looks fine. You know, he's hit the ball hard a couple of times that I've seen. That's what I go on. I I look at where Mike has put him in the lineups in these games. He's been at the top spot. Um, I also go on what he did in the second half of last season, which was going the other way. He did that a bunch. His team shifted against him. He had 24 stolen bases, high on base percentage for the most part, second half of the season. And I think the Cardinals, in watching how Mike has played these inter-squad games, I think he realizes they're going to have to generate offense. They've been doing some hit and runs. They've been doing stolen bases with O'Neal. When Bader's gotten on, Bader's hit the ball well. And with Wong, I think they're going to try to generate more offense as they go along. Um, so I, I, that's why I think Wong's at the top. And I think they look at Carpenter maybe not being a leadoff guy, even though he's swinging the bat well, looking at him more as a guy that generates the offense by driving the ball. So... That's why I think Wong will be at the top. We'll see as time goes on. 618, if Carp is hot, put him in the leadoff spot. If that's where he's more, uh, most comfortable. Well, and I kind of just answered that. I, I think they like the fact that if he's, let's say, you know, the number five guy, and you got people getting on in front of him, he can generate offense by bringing them in. Um, 314, Wong hasn't faced an opposing team yet, so we don't know anything. Nobody's faced an opposing team, so we don't know anything. Just saying. 636, hey, Dan, how about an outfield by committee? Well, you may be getting that. It's a short season. If guys don't uh, come out of the gate hot, I think you're going to see mixing and matching the whole time. I really do. You know, if Lane Thomas is on your bench, even Tommy Edmond, if you want to get other guys in, you know, Tommy Edmond can play the outfield, too. He did that. You know, if if you're trying to get other people in and, you know, Fowler is struggling or Bader's struggling or Neal's struggling, mix and match. 60 games, man. Mix and match. Ride that hot hand. Now, over the weekend, we found out some tough news concerning... The Toronto Blue Jays, Jeff Passan of ESPN. What happened with the Blue Jays was very simple. They got allowance from the city of Toronto 
to play at Rogers Centre. They got allowance from the province of Ontario to play at Rogers Centre, but at the federal level, they did not get the go-ahead. And they were hopeful that this was going to happen, but public sentiment, Zubin, in Canada was strongly against the idea of having people coming back and forth, no matter how much you were going to bubble them in the stadium. They simply did not want to open the border and make their citizens more susceptible to contracting COVID-19. So at this point, Blue Jays do not have a home ballpark. We talked about it with Randy and Michelle. Uh, Where do they go at this point? Jeff Passan. It looks like there are three options, Zubin. Number one in Buffalo, New York is Salem Field, built in 1988, right before the boom in uh, retro ballparks. It was hopefully going to be a major league ballpark at one point. The problem with it is that the lighting in the outfield is substandard when it comes to making it look like a pretty TV product. And the clubhouses are small and the Blue Jays are worried about social distancing inside of that. The the plug and play option is down in Dunedin, Florida, where they hold their spring training. Everything is taken care of there. They know that they have the right facility. The problem, of course, is the outbreaks of the coronavirus in Florida have been much more significant, and there's some fear over that. Uh, Blue Jays president Mark Shapiro alluded to a potential third site. Wouldn't go into any details about that, but the fact is we are less than a week from opening day. We are 10 days from the Blue Jays' home opener, and like you said, Zubin, no idea where it's going to be. Yeah, we don't know, but I'll say this. The, the positive, if there is a positive to take out of this, is that it's not stopping baseball. They're going to find an alternative. Now, the, the deal is with what they're saying in Buffalo is that the lighting there is not sufficient to play night games. you got to play night games. you got to maximize TV, and... Also, if it's not sufficient enough uh, to play night games, just bottom line, it's kind of like a minor league situation. Uh, it's not major league standard. That You just don't want to do that. That's, that's not good enough. Um, going down to Dunedin, where they train for their minor leagues, the facility is good enough, but the virus in Florida, they're concerned about that. That's not good. So you got to look at other places. Um, New York, maybe... You look at Pittsburgh, that's another place that they're talking about. Uh, maybe Boston when they're on the road. But it's something that you have to think about. But here's the deal. They're saying, look, this isn't going to shut us down. Not going to shut us down. We're moving forward. Contingency plans. That's the beauty of what they're doing with Major League Baseball. This does not stop us. We've come this far. We've invested this much time, this much energy. The players have bought in. We've gone through the testing. We've had our bumps in the road. We're moving forward. We're getting great reaction from our fans. We want live sports. Our our, our fan base is craving this. We put out little snippets on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and our fans were going crazy over this. We put some games on ESPN last night. Fans went nuts on that. We've had it on Cardinals.com. 100,000 people watched it. So it's a big deal. And on Friday night when it all starts up and Thursday night, I guess, is the actual first major league game. Can you imagine the viewing for that? And I, I guess the, the numbers last night on ESPN, it was the White Sox and the Cubs. Big. You know, it's not ideal, but still big. And as we go along, there's going to be enhancements in how we do this. It's going to be something that you crave. 
And I, I, I do think this, too. And I was thinking about this as we're talking about our home market here, St. Louis. You know, I've had the chance to do the games down at the ballpark. And as we do those at Bush Stadium, we're going to get better and better and better as we go. And I, I saw a report where it said Fox, and I'm not talking about local Fox. I think this was big Fox trying to put in uh, digital fans inside the ballpark to kind of give you a, a look as you're watching on TV of more of an intimacy of, of fans in the stands. And they'll probably get better with the sound of having crowd make it sound more like a game. I was down there doing the games. Um, We're piping in the crowd. I did one game without crowd. I think it's better to have the crowd, at least some type of hush um, and a roar of a crowd if something happened. You heard, I wanted you to hear the Carpenter home run, so you at least hear something um, behind him. And I had a moment where there was, I guess in the first game we did, there was nothing there. And it's you, you need some kind of crowd. You need something behind or at least something in the the, the ballpark to hear something. Um, I think it helps. I know it's odd. I know it's different, and it's not ideal. In terms of hockey, where you have a game that is moving, constant movement, and the game can be shot on your television where it's very tight and you're not seeing as much of the crowd or empty seats, so to speak. And remember, with nobody in the seats, they can manipulate the camera angles I think that's going to be cool. I actually think that's going to be really cool to see. And they're going to be, I just think that hockey is going to be maybe the best of these, potentially. You know, baseball is not a fast-moving game, so you're going to have some downtime. But when you get to hockey and you get to basketball and it's going up and down, I don't know, Scott, I think that's got a chance to be really cool, even without fans in the seats. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of having the crowd noise, too. I mean, have you watched any of the soccer games, too? I mean... It, it works. You, you notice it. It's like, this is awesome. I it look works. up at the stands and I'm like, okay, I don't see anybody, but it sounds like there's people there. And they shoot it tight. Right. And you don't really notice. You're just watching the play. It's a massive advantage. You yes. don't have to pay that much close attention. You like hearing that background sound on when you're sitting at home. You know, if you're listening to you, you want to hear something with it too. Instead of just like, if you stop talking for a second yeah. and it's just quiet, it's like, wait, did my TV turn off? And, and I think, you know, when people are watching the games on Cardinals.com, you have to understand um, that is such a a lower end of what we're going to present on Fox. I mean, it's it's myself and like five other guys, okay? And we're just we're trying different things. We just wanted to put it out there so you guys could see the players and see the games because people are craving for it. They're like, Dan, we're going to put you in a booth by yourself and a microphone. I was like, great, let's do it. <laughs> people miss it, okay? And I, I mean, I was getting people texting me saying, you know, the, you know, the angle on this was not right. And I'm like, OK, I get it. You know, we're trying our best here. We get it. It's it's not perfect, but we were just putting it out there. Now, I would say ninety eight point five percent of the people are like, thank you for putting this out there. We love this. We appreciate you guys doing it. Um, so thank you for all those people that were, you know, very complimentary of what we we're trying to do. Um But I think on Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, as we go along, it'll get better and better and better. I mean, this is a huge undertaking that we're trying to do. Socially distance the people in the truck, the the cameramen and women, the technicians. It's it's not an easy uh, thing to do. Dan, you're still going to be doing the show 10 to 11 when you're back calling the games. Yes. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, 636 with all the outfielders. Dan, I don't want to see Edmund out there. Well, you will if the offense isn't rolling, and he is. And if the outfielders aren't hitting. Um, you're definitely going to want to see that. It, it, again, it's just... It's going to be fluid. I, I, that's how I think that this whole season is. You you roll with the hot hand. The entire time you are rolling the hot hands out there. There is no set lineup. You know, maybe initially, and then you see how guys are playing, and then you just start, you know, rolling lineups that guys are hot, or if Mike sees somebody that he's had some good at-bats, that's how you want to do this. Um Let's see, Dan, there are games on MLB Net and ESPN. Guess you're not watching. No, I was watching. Saw it. Not sure what your point is. Um, you know, <laughs> back to the Wong thing. Somebody, I guess, is really upset with me talking about Wong. Not, no, I'm talking about Wong's defense, okay? There's a ground ball, whether his teammate hit it or the opposition hit it. He's still making great plays. The play he made the other night. Did you see that play he made the other night? When he made a pass second base? Yes. Oh, my gosh. He's on the shortstop side of the bag, and it was right after DeYoung made a play deep in the hole. And I don't care if I hit it, you hit it, or um, Anthony Rizzo hit it. Okay? It was unbelievable. It was the play of the summer so far. It was awesome. And he's made four plays that I've seen so far. I mean, his defense doesn't go into a slump. So that part has been remarkable of what he's done. All right. I'm going to get to more text messages coming up because I know you're dying to hear from Brad Thompson. I I love the fact that we're talking about lineups and what may happen. 65780. I love the fact that you're making me think. Hopefully I'm making you think. We're talking baseball. We're not talking about all the fighting about money and all the other things that go along with it. Let's talk uh, Brad Thompson, talk a little baseball, and we'll do that when we come back on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1027 in St. Louis. Always great to visit with Brad Thompson. You hear him on the fast lane. We'll do this every Monday as we are now going into the baseball season. And uh, Brad, always great to hear your voice and actually talk baseball. How you doing, man? Dan, I'm doing great. I, I, look, I don't want to fast forward, okay? I get it. There's still some some steps before we get to opening day, but I'm already pumped up for next Monday. You and I get to break down the Cardinals swept the Pirates. I mean, how great <laughs> the offense looks. Like, everything could be beautiful again. Dude, this is a, a great week and one we've been waiting for. Well, let, let's talk about um, what we're going to see this weekend. And um, what do you think about the rotation? It's one of the commonly asked questions that we get. So we know that Gallegos, we know that Cabrera, we know that Reyes are back in camp. And so some of that puzzle is is starting to round out in the back end of the bullpen, potentially. So that means that the Carlos Martinez question is still kind of out there. Um, where do you think he fits into the plans for Mike Shield? I, I know it's a tough question to answer, but where do you think Carlos fits into these things? No, it is tough, uh, but but it is one of those questions where we're going to have to find out in four days. You're right; those guys are back in Cabrera and Reyes and Gallegos. It's great to have them back and have all of their situations sorted out. I'm glad they're healthy and I'm glad they're around. The only problem is we don't know exactly what they are right now. And my thought is. 
Um, and maybe they're geared up. It'll happen quickly. I know that Gallegos is going to face hitters in the next day or so. He threw a bullpen yesterday, and maybe he's great. And well, you know, a good option in the ninth inning. And Helsley is a great option in the ninth inning. I just know that each one of these games means so much in sixty, you know, in a sixty-game season, Dan. And everybody else in the rotation is throwing the ball so well. I still lean for me. I still lean having Carlos in the bullpen to, to start the season. I, I lean on him closing out games because he he's done so. I just think that the Cardinals, and I hope I'm wrong on this part, but I believe that the Cardinals, the way that their offense looked last year and just, you know, looking through the crystal ball, like how they're going to have to score runs this year, I think they're going to play a lot of tight ball games. I think the bullpen's going to mean a lot. And I, I feel pretty darn comfortable with Carlos on the back end of it and all those other guys, whether it's Helsley or it's Miller, Giovanni Gallegos, and, and I believe Henesis Cabrera can work himself into a really good role. Dan, I, I like Carlos at the back end of the bullpen, and I like Kim in the rotation. Like I feel like they've got some good options. In terms of, of Jack Flaherty, I know you had a chance to watch a few of the games on Cardinals.com. Uh, what did you see out of Jack who will get the opening nod on uh, Friday night? You know what? Jack is at the point, and I know that for a young pitcher, you, you generally are looking at every little thing, and you look at the results, and and you make determinations from that. Jack is far past that for me. So yesterday's outing wasn't Jack's best outing. And I just look at it as Jack was getting his work in. What I saw from Jack yesterday was a guy that needs to see another uniform in front of him. Jack needs to see the Pirates. He needs to see the black and gold, and then he's going to be locked back in. He was getting under a lot of his pitches, and for those that aren't familiar with the term, it's just the fingers were getting under the ball as opposed to on top of the baseball. You were seeing the ball kind of ride up in the strike zone. He didn't have the life that he normally has on pitches. Those are small adjustments. The dude's a pro. Uh, the, the Cardinals are very fortunate to have Jack Flaherty around. And look, if uh, anybody that is into uh, future betting, uh, not a bad one there with Jack Flaherty for the Cy Young. In terms of Adam Wainwright, your former teammate, uh, he'll go in game number two. He looks like vintage Adam Wainwright. I, I, I just am amazed at what this guy is still able to do. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Dan, I threw BP to my son in the backyard the other day, and I had to ice. Like I'm, I'm sore. Twenty-seven. <laughs> like I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing hard uh, to the little man. Uh, what what Adam is doing to me is absolutely amazing. And you and I have had this part of the conversation many times. Uh, two years ago, when he was in San Diego, and he had to come out of the game, and he was throwing the ball as hard as he could, and it was like eighty, eighty-one. I thought that that was the last time that we were going to see Adam Wainwright on the mound. And you could kind of tell when he was talking to the media afterwards, there was an uncertainty in his voice that you had never heard from Adam Wainwright. And then lo and behold, the dude works his tail off and bounces back last year and has a great year. Starts 31 games, but nobody had him starting 31 games. And then he comes in this year and looks even better. And I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm so proud of him. And, and to me, Wayno is one of those guys. I mean, he, we know he's an icon. He's a Cardinal legend. As soon as, uh, you know, as soon as his career is over, as soon as he's eligible, he's going to have that red jacket. But he's a guy that it's not just like trotting out a piece of history. It's like, oh, look, Adam Wainwright's still, still around. He's not just still around. He's still around, and he's doing it, and he's doing it well. 
You know, the guys that I've seen so far when I've been down at the ballpark, and I'll get into the offense in just a, a moment, Brad Thompson, my guest, but in terms of the pitching, I, I think the most impressive guy I've seen, Brad, has been Austin Gomber. I, I loved what I saw in spring, and so far in what I've seen in the in summer camp, Gomber has been awesome, and I don't care if he was starting or relieving or if he had to close whatever role, and I know he said he doesn't care whatever role it is, but Gomber, man, has he been good. He really has. And you know, man, you, you've got to know Austin Gomber the last couple of years. Heck, you and I have been on the caravan with him, so we've got to know him on a bit more of a personal level. He was crushed by having his season end last year, basically because he ran out of time. He had the shoulder injury. He was rehabbing. He was coming back. He felt good. But they just ran out of places to pitch, and uh, you know the Cardinals weren't comfortable calling him up without having those reps in beforehand. He's determined. You know, Gomber is one of those guys, and I throw Ponce in this conversation as well, sure. who was overall throwing the ball really well. They're at a crossroads. They're at, they're at a point in their career where, where they're, they're trying to figure out which lane it's going to take them in. And when I watch Austin Gomber, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a major league starter. Now, I, I don't know exactly how it fits here. I think if all things were equal – uh, which they never are in baseball and they never are in life. But if all things were equal, I really think that we'd be talking about Gomber in this rotation, the way that he's throwing the baseball. But he's got that renewed feel that, well, not even renewed because it's a fairly new pitch for him. The slider has been a total game changer for Austin Gomber. He always had the big loopy breaking ball. And that's a great thing to be able to steal a strike with early in the count. We see him do that, got good feel for it, can move it around. He spots up his fastball in and out. But now he's got that slider that looks like the heater coming out of his hands, and the hitters just don't know how to react to it, and he's putting it where he wants to. I mean, I love what I'm seeing out of him. and I always root for those guys, Dan, uh, and Austin, far more talented uh, you know, than I was. But the guy that's like the last guy on the roster, like always trying to sneak on, and that's been him. I mean, that's been his career. I root for that guy, and I know this. If he isn't a part of the Cardinal plans in the future, if they've got so much depth that maybe Austin Gomber gets squeezed out, that guy's got a future in the big leagues with somebody. You almost have to think, I know it's a five-man rotation, but because it's a 60-game season, you almost have to think like Gomber or Ponce de Leon, if a starter has a very short outing and Mike Schultz says, well, you know, my guy tonight just doesn't have it. So it's an inning and a third or inning and two thirds. And it's in, you know, it's not an ideal season. So whoop, I take him out and here's Gomber. And ideally he's going to go five, not to say he's a starter because he's coming out of the bullpen, but it's almost like these guys are, de facto starters, right? You know, they're kind of like my six and my seven. That's almost the way I look at it because they are going to go if they're right and they come out of the bullpen, they're going to have long outings. They're almost like long slash, you know, starter, long relievers, right? I mean, that's kind of a way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. It's a heck of a safety net to have as a team. Now, the only the only issue I have is not even an issue. It's just the only I feel like it's almost a waste if you have your starter in an inning and two thirds. You know the scenario that that you laid out, and if he gets beat up, maybe you're down by four or five already or something like that. Sure. Like, then Gomber goes out and deals. It's like golly, we wasted that. But you need that because you know the importance of, of a guy that can eat up innings. You save your bullpen because I don't care if you have uh, the 30-man roster for two weeks and then it goes down to 28, then it goes down to the 26. Look, you can ruin a bullpen quickly with a bad start or back-to-back bad starts. 
So there's there's some real importance there. Another way I can see him being used, and I feel the same way about Ponce, is maybe your starter gives you five, but the pitch count is up, and you're you're winning a ball game. It looks mm-hmm. good. Gomber can give you six, seven, eight, nine if he's throwing the ball really well. And you Acting, like him exactly here in the ninth inning, man. Right. I, I like I love the flexibility of having that. In terms now of the offense, I'm really excited about Carpenter. I, I'm trying not to get too excited, get myself too far ahead, but. Man, with what I've seen, it's kind of vintage Carpenter. I hope it carries over to the regular season, but what I've seen, it's a it's a different look of Matt Carpenter. Now, again, when it starts for real, we'll find out on Friday, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, look, after last season, I think that everybody is looking for signs, and certainly uh, you see a home run hit, you see two, and those are good signs. The home run yesterday, they hit off of Jack Flaherty. I know Jack missed his spot. He was trying to go away. It comes down and in to Matt Carpenter, which is a honey hole for lefties, and he did what he was supposed to do with it. The thing is, he wasn't able to do that with that pitch last year. He couldn't get to it. Hands weren't fast enough. That looks different. But the way that he's tracking pitches again, the way that he's taking pitches, you and I were texting back and forth uh, yesterday. We were talking about the walk that he ended up drawing the other day with bases loaded. Like That's the Matt Carpenter that we grew to know and love, the guy that'll work counts, the guy that is a freaking nuisance. And then all of a sudden, you leave one hanging over the plate, and it's a double in the gap or it's a home run. This lineup is 100% different if Matt Carpenter is a big-time factor. If you have Carpenter, if you have DeYoung, if you have Goldie, if you guys got, if you got those guys doing what they're supposed to do, all of a sudden your lineup looks dangerous. In terms of where you would put him, if he's right, I, I, I think it could change it. I, I was talking about this earlier. You know, It looks like Wong will be at the top, and... I'd find it intriguing if you would think about Carpenter maybe batting second, or you could have Edmund second. You could put then Goldschmidt, it looks like third, DeYoung fourth, and maybe Carpenter fifth, or maybe Carpenter yeah. second. I, I, you got some interchangeable parts. I, I find that really intriguing and what Mike, uh, Mike, want, Mike might want to do in that spot. Yeah, I, well, I think that the two spots that you hit on, if he's right, those are the two that he's going to be bouncing around uh, in. The two-hole, to me, that one is a little interesting. I kind of think about trying to layer it a little bit if I could. So I like the idea. I like the flexibility after Wong having a switch hitter there second. I I just feel like for matchup purposes, you might like that later on in the game a little bit better. But Matt Carpenter in his prime, I mean, that was your perfect two-hole hitter. For years, he was your best hitter. And uh, Tony LaRusso always talked about danger in the two-hole, right? Like, well, that could be Matt Carpenter. But I think fifth works uh, as well. That's a, if those are the two options that Schulte is kicking around in his head, like as this season goes on, say, like, oh, do I want him second? Do I want him fifth? That means things are going swimmingly with Matt Carpenter. I mean, things are going really, really well. So uh, either way you put him, if he's right, he's going to affect your ball club in a positive way, uh, and, light. Yeah, and in terms of your bench, uh, Austin Dean, especially if you carry – and and John Mozeliak said this the other day to me on those games. You know, there's a good chance you carry uh, Weeders, Kisner, so you got two backup catchers, so you'd be able to use one as uh, a pinch hitter, and then obviously you got Yachty, so you'd have three catchers. You know, Dean has got a chance to make this team, so 
This really makes it interesting with Lane Thomas and Dean and some of the other guys that you're looking at. I, I find that intriguing, too, as you head towards what you do with a 30-man roster. I don't know if you're starting to do the numbers here, BT, but it gets interesting down the stretch here. Yeah, it's getting a little cramped, right? And yeah. I think a, a lot of it still hinges on your bullpen, who's available, who you're comfortable with, uh, and, and that kind of shifts how you bring your position players along as well. But that's what's intriguing about the next couple of days is, is we're going to get an opportunity to see these things unfold. And obviously the Cardinals had a liking for Dean. That's why they made the move to go get him. And he brings you some experience. He, he has some pop. He's a guy that, that's kind of been around a little bit. And that is the type of player that you wouldn't mind having, you know, as an option off the bench. Lane Thomas is still going to be a major part of things, I believe, going forward. I could see him, uh, even in 60 games at the end of the season, emerging and having a lion's share of playing time somewhere in the outfield. But that, that's, that's what Schilte wants. That's what any manager wants is you want a ton of, uh, ton of bodies that, that are able to do the job, and you're going to find out, you know, these things sort themselves out throughout the season. They'll sort themselves out this week before you have to get a 30-man roster. Options are a beautiful thing. BT, these are always fun, and uh, you'll be with me on opening night, which will be Friday at Bush Stadium, and we'll also be together uh, at Ballpark Village, I understand, on Friday as well here on 101 ESPN. Great talking baseball with you, and I'll have you tuned in tonight on the Fast Lane. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Dan, you are the man. I will see you in a couple of hours, and uh, thanks for having me again. You got it. That's Brad Thompson. He'll be with me uh, every Monday right here on 101 ESPN throughout the baseball season. Coming up, uh, we'll get to some more of those text messages and Rhino Shield mic drops as well. You're listening to 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Text messages, and I'll try to get through a few of these before we head to Centene and Ribs and BK. Got a ton of these, so I appreciate uh, all the response and uh, very much appreciated. So, 636, Danny Mack, I don't care what the stat nerds say. The ninth inning is different. Uh, that's what you said, not me. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, the uh, the ninth inning to me is different. The final three outs, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I I do agree that the ninth inning, the final three outs, it's different. Um, that's why I like Carlos in that spot. However, you have said to Carlos a couple of different times, get yourself ready to be a starter. Um, again, I think a lot of it rides on the health of the three that just got back into camp this weekend to an extent not to say that they'd be closing games out also how do you feel about ryan helsley helsley looked good over the weekend do you give him that shot i also like what i've seen out of andrew miller i like the fact they didn't get lefties and righties out he's got closing experience so you got a couple of guys there that you give that shot to that's something to think about um 314 danny mack love the show maybe not every day but i like the option of weeders at dh that's why I think, being a switch hitter, that they would give um, three guys, three catchers, uh, a chance on this roster. So Kisner would be there as your backup catcher, who, by the way, had two caught stealing in one game. One was Tyler O'Neill, the other was Colton Wong. Colton Wong had 24 steals last year, was only caught four times. One of those was a strike him out, throw him out. Kisner is getting better defensively. So that's why I think John was saying, John Mozeliak, that you would carry three. 
let's see. Danny Mack, is there going to be another game that's on Cardinals.com? My understanding is would be tomorrow night. Uh, don't know for sure. They're practicing today. It's not an inter-squad game, but the next one will be tomorrow night. Then Wednesday is the first game on Fox Sports Midwest at 3.15 or 3.05, I believe. But that would be a uh, practice game, if you will. But um, exhibition game, I guess the best way to put it. And Fox Sports Midwest will carry that game at 3.05 tomorrow. Uh, 3.09, why not give Helsley a chance to close games until Gallegos is ready? Yeah, and that's why I think they'll go that direction. That's why I said they wait till Gallegos is ready. And if he is, see how he feels this week, and that maybe changes what you do. Uh, let's see. 6-3-6, any pitcher look good against the Cardinal lineup. Again, Gomber, that's the one that, to me, has been really good. Really good. Like, exceptionally good. Um, but the pitchers, to me, have been ahead of the hitters. All right, we got to cross it over because I always run late. Cross it over, Ribs BK. That's coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Ribs BK coming up there at Centene. And uh, BK, what do you have coming up on the show? Oh, it's going to be a good one today, Danny Mac. We've got Buster Olney joining us coming up here in about 30 minutes. And Colton Pareko, the Blues star defenseman. And I mean that in all sincerity. I say it about <laughs> Jamie Rivers. I actually mean it about this one. This one's true. Colton Pareko is going to join us coming up at 1230 on the three-year anniversary of him signing a five-year contract with the Blues. And then coming up at 1 o'clock, we've got Mark Sachs in the car. Cardinals insider. So plenty to get to today. We're looking forward to it. All right, guys. Enjoy it. Uh, Looking forward to it. Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.